The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. It is week eight, Lions versus Dolphins on the horizon. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, my co-host for First Bite, senior editor of Pride of Detroit, at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here. How are we doing, Ryan? I am doing well. How are you, Jeremy? I'm not I'm, usually ask you how you're doing, so you know how what? are you doing? I've been the weirdly optimistic Lions guy all all week, really since the end of that Cowboys game, and I that hasn't slowed. I'm still feeling okay about it. So, uh, despite the people that are are throwing their their pitchforks and and torches at me, uh, I'm feeling pretty good still. Yeah, I, I think this will segue nicely. But you've really you've you, you've turned from heel to babyface. Sure, wet blanket yeah. to whatever hot blanket i don't know (laughs) (laughs) weighted weighted hot blanket yeah there you go i like that um well yes it's lions dolphins week and if this is your first time listening to our first bite podcast we like to bring in a guest from the other side and this week is no different so let me introduce our guest here uh he is a columnist for our friends over at the finsider he's also the coach at the black and brave wrestling academy which we might just get into if we don't want to talk about this game uh merrick brave is with us merrick thanks for joining us man Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I, I feel like I'm much more comfortable talking wrestling than football. I've been involved in wrestling for, for two decades, and I've only been writing for the Finsider for a little over a year, so you guys might be messing up having me on. Hey, well, <laughs> uh, that might be a blessing in disguise after uh, we, we get start getting into this matchup. But before we do, I found out a disturbing stat uh, this week, Merrick, and that is Dan Campbell as a head coach has more wins for the Dolphins than he does the Lions so far. <laughs> oh, no. So the one wow. thing I just want you to, before we even get into it, can you just say something nice about Dan Campbell and maybe his time with Miami to, to make Lions fans feel a little bit better right now? Hey, I was a fan of Dan Campbell during his interim run as Dolphins head coach, and I'm a fan of Dan Campbell now. You know, we all saw him on Hard Knocks this offseason, and and he's a character. And, you know, the Dolphins used to be able to say, well, you know, you may beat us on the field, but at least – my head coach can beat up your head coach, but <laughs> Brian Flores is gone. And now we got Mike McDaniel and, you know, and I'm a fan of Mike McDaniel as a football coach, but 
I'm not sure he's going to win any wrestling matches, so to speak. So uh, in the ring, I'll take Dan Campbell every time. So how's that for you? We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> that that definitely that definitely works. Um, so to to step onto uh, the field a little bit and and take a look at the matchup of uh, the Lions versus Dolphins and talk about when the Dolphins have the ball. Uh, it's typically how we do things around here. So let's start with the Dolphins offense. Um, Merrick, I, I need to know like. Has Tua taken the next step that it seems like everybody has kind of made it out to be? I mean, I, I know the concussion thing happened. Um, you know, there was some time that, that Tua missed. But, I mean, seemingly he's taken the next step. And and it shows up in the stats all over the place. His yards per attempt is is um, at a career high. His average depth of target um, is at a career high. He's got a, you know, a... 105.9 passer rating. He's having a year, man. Like, is Tua the real deal? Yeah, and I think Tua was unfairly judged his first couple years in the league, you know, coming off of that devastating hip injury at Alabama during his his final year there, and then being thrust into a situation where maybe he, he wasn't ready. It was the COVID year. He didn't have, you know, a lot of time during the offseason to, to kind of mesh and gel with the players. And then I think we all kind of know that his former head coach, Brian Flores, wasn't a huge fan of the guy. So now he he gets this new supporting cast. He finally gets some pieces on the offensive line. The Dolphins added Teron Armstead at left tackle, one of the best left tackles in the game. They added Connor Williams from the Cowboys, moved him from left guard to center. He's been doing really well. Uh, and he's got a head coach who believes in him. Mike McDaniel has been all in on Tua Tungabailoa this entire offseason and, and into this season so far. And so I think you're, you're seeing, you know, the rewards, you know, he he's he's kind of growing into this quarterback that we all hoped as Dolphins fans, we all hoped he would be when he was drafted number five overall in the, in the 2020 NFL draft. Oh, and not to mention he has a cheetah at his disposal now and he has Tyreek <laughs> Hill. So that's going to help you uh, any which way you slice it. So, yeah, Tua Tungavailoa has definitely taken a step forward. Uh, you know, he missed two and a half games due to the concussion that he suffered against the Bengals on Thursday night. Um, little rusty last week against the Steelers. Uh, but I think there's, um, there's plenty to be excited about with Tua Tungavailoa moving forward. And we're hoping as Dolphins fans, I, I'm used to talking to fellow Dolphins fans. So I say we, as, as <laughs> you know, like we're all in on this here, but I, I would imagine you're hoping he doesn't have the, the type of game I'm hoping he has this Sunday against the Lions. Well, there, there are definitely some Lions fans that might still be Tua fans and, and kind of wishing the Lions had drafted him <laughs> way back when. But uh, sticking with him just for a second, because I, I'm kind of curious how, how like how far in his progression do you think he is? Are there some things that you still think he needs to work on? Because I think the one stat that, that at least sticks out to me in, in terms of room, room to growth is um, turnover worthy plays. I think he's still near the top of the league in, in turnover worthy plays. Um, is that is that? a major concern of yours or is that something that's calming down? Is that just no. maybe, I don't know, no, an outlier? I, no, I think you're right, Jeremy. I think, and that's a, a big topic of conversation and it has been this week uh, on Dolphins Twitter. Um, and a lot of the detractors will point to that. And honestly, they're right. He had four dropped interceptions, uh, at least three, you know, the fourth one's kind of questionable, but against the Steelers on Sunday night. Yeah. And you can, you can point to Russ, you can say he, he missed two and a half games and he, he didn't really have a full practice 
um, or at least a full speed practice for almost three weeks leading into that. So we're hoping that he knocks off the rust, but that's definitely one area of his game that needs to improve. He needs to cut down on the turnover worthy plays. And it's kind of a, a running joke on, on Dolphins Twitter and for Dolphins fans that you're going to get one or two of those really boneheaded plays a game from Tua. Uh, and then 90% of the time he's going to look sharp and accurate and he gets the ball out quick. And those are, those are kind of his superpowers. Um, but, but yeah, that those are the things that you worry about. Those turnover worthy plays, those interceptions that he seems to just throw directly to defenders sometimes. And, and I don't know, he's the luckiest kid on earth because four dropped interceptions last Sunday against the Steelers. And he's, that seems to happen a lot, but I guess that's why uh, defenders play defense and not offense as they say. But uh, yeah, we're hoping he can he can clean that up and turn that around. But overall, he certainly has taken a, a giant step forward this season. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it earlier, Merrick, like when you're talking about Tua taking that step has a lot to do with the weapons that have been brought down to Miami. Um, one of them, namely being, as you mentioned earlier, Tyreek Hill. Uh, so he's got a cheetah, he's got a penguin, and Jalen Waddle. How integral have those two guys been in just unlocking this, you know, next step in in Tua's evolution. Yeah, I mean, it's night and day from Tua's rookie season when, you know, he had Devontae Parker, who's more of just a jump ball guy, uh, doesn't really play to Tua's strength. Tua likes to uh, hit an open receiver in stride and let them get yards after catch, and that was never Devontae Parker's game. And then year two, they add his former college teammate, Jalen Waddle, and and then what does Waddle do? He sets the rookie uh, receptions record. Uh, and has a fantastic season. And now look at his receivers this year, Tyreek Hill uh, through four games with Tua and then three games with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. Uh, Tyreek Hill is number one in the league in receiving yards. And I believe uh, Jalen Waddle's number four. Yeah. So two top five receivers in receiving yards. And that makes all the difference. You know, just last year, everybody was was crowning Justin Herbert as the you know the next savior of the National Football League at the quarterback position and then you look at him this year when he's had a banged up receiving core and Keenan Allen has missed some games and now Mike Williams goes down with the ankle injury and suddenly Justin Herbert looks pedestrian well you add Tyree Kill to the Dolphins receiving core and you add an offensive minded head coach in Mike McDaniel and all of a sudden Tua Tungavailoa looks like a star. So I think a lot of that has to do with the weaponry surrounding these young quarterbacks, uh, which helps them them grow into the players we hope they can be. But yeah, it makes a world of difference have a, having a cheetah on one side and a, and a penguin on the other. I guess we're just the zoo now, but, uh, <laughs> well, but we dig it. To, to kind of elaborate on, on that point like the so the Dolphins obviously have one of the most electric passing games in the league and normally you, you have that you think okay this is a, a high-flying high-scoring offense but you look you, you really only had one game where it was like that again I, I believe against the Ravens every other game was 21 points or less why why such efficiency through the air but not a lot of points what's happening there 
So again, Tua has started and finished four games. The Dolphins are four and zero in those games. Uh, I think a lot of that comes down to just the style of play and the game script. You know, the Patriots—they're they're a ball control offense. They yeah. like to run the ball. Um, the Dolphins scored twenty points on them. They only gave up seven, so it was a nice victory in Week One. Um, and then that Buffalo Bills game—it was hot. I think every Bills fan would tell you that over <laughs> and over again on Twitter. And I, I do believe they filed a complaint with OSHA or, or maybe a few complaints, but uh, it was hot down there. Um, and that leads to some, some gas players and some tired players. And, and I believe they put up 21 points in that one. And then you're talking about the Ravens game, um, which might've been week two, actually. I think I might have those uh, flip flop there, but either way, you know, the Ravens game, they did put up some big numbers. And a lot of that was in the fourth quarter, 28 points in the fourth quarter. Um, they were down 21 points, came back six touchdown passes from Tua. That was the game we were all waiting for. And we, we hoped it would bleed over. Uh, unfortunately he suffered the injury against the Bengals. So we kind of take those games out of it, even though they did have decent passing numbers. Uh, but then they come back against the Steelers and, and they were humming. They were moving the ball really well. Yeah, that opening drive. Half, yeah. Yeah, that opening drive, touchdown pass to Raheem Mostert. I think all Dolphins fans thought it was going to be a, a 35 to 10 game at that point. Uh, and then second drive, they moved the ball again well, stalled in the red zone, kicked a field goal. Third drive, the same. Um, they added one more field goal, and then that was it for the rest of the game. Uh, I think with Tyreek Hill and with Jalen Waddle, they're fast. They can create uh, you know, they get mismatches and can create space and can create yards after the catch but they're not big bodied receivers. So once the dolphins get to the red zone, they really only have one solid red zone target. And that would be tight end Mike Gesicki. He's the only guy with size out on the field. Um, and, and they may work on that a little bit. They got Cedric Wilson coming back from injury and he played a little last week, but he's kind of rounding into form. And, and then they have the rookie receiver, uh, Eric Azucama from Texas A&M. And, and he's got a little bit of size to him. So I think they're trying to integrate those guys into the offense a little bit more whilst seeing what they can do with, with these uh, tight ends, Kisicki, Hunter Long, you know, out of Boston College. He hasn't really done much in the pros yet, but, you know, I think he was kind of drafted to be Gesicki's replacement. Unfortunately, he suffered some injuries as well. Dolphins have injuries across the board, and I'm sure we'll get to it, especially on the defensive side. Yeah. But so I think, you know, there's that plus the combination of the fact that this is a new offensive scheme and they'll tell you it takes about half a year for an offense to start gelling and really understand the concepts of a new scheme. Um, and we're only seven games in. So we're reaching that halfway point, not quite there yet. Uh, but I know a lot of Dolphins fans are looking at this Lions game and hoping that this is the game they finally figure it out and put some some big points on the board for the first time outside of that Ravens game. The Lions certainly have been the get right game for a lot of offenses this year. And with a handful of injuries on their own secondary, you know, both starting safeties might not be playing in this game since Tracy Walker's on IR and Deshaun Elliott has not practiced at all this week. But, uh, but yeah, Ryan, you, you that's just... exactly what you want when Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are coming to town, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> seems like a recipe Kirby for Joseph. success. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so let's talk a little bit about um, the diversity in, in the Dolphins offense, uh, because, you know, I, I'm looking at just a lot of raw statistics, right? I'm, I'm taking a look at what the Dolphins have been able to do on the ground. And like, for the most part, I mean, they're a bottom 10 group when it comes to things like even just rushing attempts and yards per carry is only 3.9 yards yards a carry. I mean, uh, Merrick, help me make a little bit of sense of 
what the Dolphins do on the ground, what they hope to accomplish, and how effective has Raheem Mostert been? Because it seems like he, for all intents and purposes, he's having a pretty solid year. Yeah, he's certainly rounding into form. You know, he's coming off of or was coming off of uh, a significant injury last year. So, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get back from that. And again, they were installing the new scheme. Mike McDaniel brought, you know, the San Francisco 49ers running style, that outside zone to Miami. And, you know, I can't claim to be an expert in the scheme, but people I've talked to have said, have said that it takes offensive linemen about two full seasons to really grasp the intricacies and the nuances of the outside zone scheme. Um, you know, Teron Armstead has been banged up. He had a toe issue, looks to be healthy, uh, or at least as close to as healthy as he's going to be at this point. So that's good for the Dolphins. They lost their starting right tackle, Austin Jackson, pretty early on, and he still hasn't come back yet. Uh, they were starting Greg Little, uh, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, at right tackle, and then he got hurt, and then they signed Brandon Shell, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, to come in and, and kind of fill in. Uh, you know, as a last last minute replacement, so to speak. And he actually did pretty well. So I think they're going to stick with him for this game. He'll start over Greg Little and and they're going to give Austin Jackson another week to to kind of get right and, and get his ankle back in shape before they bring him in uh, at right tackle. But there's just been a lot of shuffling of that offensive line. It's been hard for uh all five guys to to create that that chemistry that's needed uh, when you really want a solid rushing attack. But you know, looking at the Lions, thirtieth in the league in rushing defense, uh, dead last in rushing touchdowns allowed with twelve. If any game was going to be the game where where the Dolphins' running game got on track, this looks to be it. Uh, every every game so far, uh, at least up until a, a game or two ago, Raheem Mostert's snap share has increased over Chase Edmonds, who's our, our RB2 from, from Arizona. Um, so again, Mostert, clearly the RB1 now, uh, has a high yards per carry uh, average. And in fact, all time, he's third for yards per carry average uh, in NFL history. So that's not that's not just in Dolphins history or in recent history. That's in NFL history. So that's that's pretty great to have on on your side, uh, especially when you're going against a, a rushing defense who has struggled uh, as much as the Lions has. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, any of the carryover from last week, the Lions did a little bit of shuffling on that defensive line against the Cowboys. And they weren't great against the Cowboys, but they were better. Uh, kind of a step in the right direction, maybe uh you know baby freeing, steps baby, baby steps. steps yeah with yeah. josh pascal back freeing up aiden hutchinson a little bit it'll be interesting to see how often uh hutchinson goes up against teron armstead and how often he lines up over the right tackle but uh we're gonna take a break we're gonna move to the lions offense dolphins defense side of the ball when we come back here on first bite with our special guest merrick brave we'll be right back Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back here on First Bite, here with Merrick Brave, the columnist over at The Finsider, our SB Nation friends over uh, covering the, the Miami Dolphins, previewing week eight here. Let's move on to where the Lions have the ball, which I think is slightly less depressing, probably. Uh, the Lions have not <laughs> scored a touchdown in two weeks, uh, but... I think I think I think they're ready to turn the corner, Ryan. So let's uh, let's start where maybe they have the biggest advantage. And uh, it's the, the the Dolphins secondary, which is just if you think the Lions secondary is dealing with a lot of injuries. Let me introduce you to the Miami Dolphins <laughs> uh, secondary. And Merrick, I'm just going to let you take the floor. What the hell is going on there? Who wow. are we expected to see <laughs> out there? Are they any good? How many players are out? What how big of a mess is this? Those are some fantastic questions. And and. <laughs> And myself and every other Dolphins fan, uh, we've been searching for those answer, answers all season long. Uh, you know, we still have Xavier Howard. He had a couple. Both groins were injured earlier in the season because why not? If you right. if you can have two groin injuries instead of the one, you got to do it, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, his his running mate Byron Jones, uh, one of the better cornerbacks, one of the better cover cornerbacks in the league. He was uh, he had off season ankle surgery. I believe in March, we're kind of wondering why he waited until March to do it. You know, that the Dolphins weren't playing games in January or February. He could have done it then, but he didn't. He did it in March. And, you know, all signs pointed to him being available for the start of the season. Then he wasn't. And he's still not available. And we're in week eight. And we're kind of wondering as Dolphins fans whether we'll see Byron Jones for the rest of the year. But you know, no matter, we had other guys like Nick Needham who tore his Achilles and he's out for the year. And then we were, uh, you know, moving some safeties down. We had Brandon Jones, a, a stellar young safety uh, who, who along with Javon Holland made up uh, what people have uh, affectionately called the blitz boys. And then he tore his ACL against the Steelers. So now, now he's done. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty more to name uh, as far as, as defensive backs who, who have come and gone. But last week against the Steelers, the Dolphins had three healthy cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, special teams, ace, Justin Bethel, and former first round pick who has done absolutely nothing until he got the game ceiling interception on Kenny Pickett, Noah Igbenogany. And that was it. That's it as far as healthy cornerbacks. This week, we're hoping to get back uh, a guy by the name of Cater Kohu, who is an undrafted free agent rookie. However, he played really well up until uh, his recent injury. Um, I believe, I can't remember the site, so I apologize for this, but he was ranked 10th out of all rookies. All of them, all defensive rookies, excuse me, uh, as an undrafted rookie free agent signing. So that's that's pretty good. And our defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer, kind of has a history of finding those hidden gems. Um, and then another guy, Keon Crossan, who missed last week, who has been mostly uh, a special a special teams performer, a special teams player uh, through his throughout his career. But you know, with the injuries that have piled up, he's been pressed into duty as a starting corner on this team. And he's played pretty well as well, but he did miss last week. It does look like both Crossan and Kohu 
are going to be back for this one. Um, so we're, we're getting some reinforcements, but it, I mean, it's still not, you know, the justice league out here. It's still Xavier Howard and everybody else. So if the lions are going to score their best bet is to score through the air you'll probably see Xavier Howard shadow Amon Ross St. Brown a, a pretty good amount which could leave Josh Reynolds open uh, against some some other defenders and then TJ Hawkinson a guy that's close to my heart former Iowa Hawkeye I live in Davenport Iowa so TJ Hawkinson might uh, find some open lanes streaking down the middle of the field, uh, but we'll see. They did hold the, the Steelers to 10 points last week with that banged up secondary. And I know the Steelers are starting uh, Kenny, P Kenny Pickett, a rookie quarterback, but Josh Boyer and this defensive scheme, you know, this kind of new England defensive scheme typically does well against stationary quarterbacks and of which Jared Goff is one. And traditionally Jared Goff has struggled against this type of defense. I mean, just two weeks ago against the Patriots, he passed for, was it 89? Was it 89 yards? Was it 89? I have not looked at that box score in two <laughs> weeks, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a lot, whatever. The Lions played the it Patriots. <laughs> and then when Goff was with the Rams and they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, he also had a, a pretty poor game. So, you know, the, the Dolphins have kind of been hampered as to how effectively they can run the exact defense that Josh Boyer wants to run because to run that defense, you have to have stout man cover cover corners. And with Xavier Howard, you got one, but you need two. And Byron Jones has been out all year long. So they've kind of had, had to adjust their system a little bit. So the, the pressure numbers are, or excuse me, the sack numbers aren't where, uh, they have been in the past, despite the pressure numbers still being pretty decent. But, you know, as they say, disrupt disruption equals production. So um, we're still able to, to do a little bit of what Boyer wants to do. Maybe not as effective as it has been in the past, but uh, we'll have to see come Sunday. But as far as that pass defense goes, that is the Lions best bet for putting up points on Sunday. Well, I, Jeremy, I, I, you have this written down in the notes. I want you to explain it, and I want you to ask the question. But, I mean, to go hand-in-hand hand with what Merrick was just talking about, what do we make sense of the Dolphins' pass rush? Because, like, the only stat that I looked up and I found absolutely confusing was Jalen Phillips, an edge rusher. Makes sense. He leads the team in sacks. But then the next two guys are safeties. Like, that's the scheme. That's what they do. So the Dolphins love to blitz those safeties. They, they're they masters of the cover zero defense. But again, to run the cover zero, you need tight man coverage on the outside. And the Dolphins just don't have the warm bodies to do that. So, um, you know, Javon Holland, great young second year safety, Brandon Jones, uh, who did unfortunately, you know, tear his ACL last week. That's what they do. They they send those safeties on the blitz, but they haven't been able to do it as much this year. So the the pressure rate is up, but the sack rate is way, way down. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, and and yeah, I, I wonder if the Lions have the wide receivers available to them this week that that are able to maybe create that separation right away that, that that's necessary. Um, because we, we know Jared Goff isn't the greatest quarterback under pressure. Um, but no, you know, they don't really have that pure outside guy now with with obviously Jameson Williams still not back and and DJ Chark on IR for a while. So can it can it be Josh Reynolds? Um, is it Amon Ra? Um, not really a, a pure outside guy, but maybe can create some some quick separation. But 
I want to move to the the run defense here, the Miami run defense, because uh, you guys got a big compliment from Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson today. He said, I, I think up front, this might be the most stout run defense we faced all season. Uh, tell me what makes this run defense special. Uh, there's a lot of good players on this on this uh, front four here, and, and even really in the front seven. Um, but you know, up the middle, you got Raquan Davis out of Alabama. He's just a humongous mass of a man, um, hard to move that body. You got Christian Wilkins, who is a great penetrator on, on defense. Um, you got Jalen Phillips on the edge. You got Melvin Ingram on the edge. Uh, maybe the most underrated defensive tackle in the league. Zach Sealer uh, mm-hmm. can also, you know eat up a double team and get penetration when he needs to as well. So very impressed with this Dolphins run defense. Uh, And that's even without, you know, they were missing Emmanuel Ogba last week, Um, a a pretty solid defensive end in his own right. Uh, Likes to get a lot of those batted balls, but also can set the edge and and kind of funnel things inside to those big bodies. Um, It looks like he might be back this week, but they might also just give him another week to rest because of uh, how successful that front four was last week at, at stopping the run. Uh, but the Lions have a, a good rushing attack. Jamal Williams is a good back, and and you guys are getting DeAndre Swift back this week, it looks like. He practiced yeah. in full these last two days, um, which is good for my fantasy team, <laughs> bad for my real-life team, the Miami Dolphins. For sure. I mean, yeah, that, it, it's kind of a fascinating it's, – it's not the matchup that you'd really want to have Swift back. Um, you'd hope for maybe a better defensive matchup, but he – he does transform what they do, and and you know the, the lines are still going to be a run first team. And despite he, he's the fact. a great pass catching back. Yes, and the Dolphins have struggled against pass catching backs this season. Um, their tackling earlier in the year um, was very Lions like, so not good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems to have none taken. <laughs> I, I have just one curiosity question before we get into predictions, real quick, Jeremy. So, like, I want to ask Merrick, like. You know, the, the transition from Flores to McDaniel, as as people who lived through the Matt Patricia era, and Matt Patricia definitely had a type for, for his players, uh, especially on defense when it came to, like, linebackers. And what you said about Raekwon McMillan really kind of set that off in my head. Like, with those linebackers that they have in Miami, like, what has the the changeover process been from a guy like Flores who – probably ran like a similar defense as Patricia. Like what was the transition from Flores to McDaniels regime? Well, I'll tell you what, they had actually a very unique situation in Miami because when Mike McDaniel took over the team, he actually kept Brian Flores as defensive coordinator, uh, Josh Boyer, who, who comes from that new England system. He was an assistant in new new England for a number of years alongside Brian Flores. Uh, and normally when you see the new head coach come to town, he cleans house and he brings in his guys, but he didn't do that with the dolphins defensive coordinator. He kept Josh Boyer. So there was kind of a controversy last year, among Dolphins fans. Was it Brian Flores running the defense? Was it Josh Boyer running the defense? You know, the Dolphins started one in seven last year before finishing strong. Uh, and there was a rumor that Brian Flores took over play calling duties midway through the season. And, and that happened to be exactly when the Dolphins defense kind of returned to form. Uh, however, Josh Boyer was asked that question in the offseason. He said that that was flat out untrue, that he called the defensive plays all year long. So it's kind of a, a he said, he said situation. And, and you and you wonder who's telling the truth and who's maybe fib, fibbing a little bit. But there wasn't that 
that big change uh, when McDaniel took over. He kept Josh Boyer, and Boyer has run the exact same scheme uh, to a point uh, with limitations due to the injuries in that defensive back room, um, which this defense is absolutely predicated on having solid defensive backs. And unfortunately, right now, the Dolphins just, they have one really good one in Xavier Howard, and then and then kind of just just a lot of guys. But we do see some some uh, promise uh, in the undrafted rookie, Cater Kohu, and that's really not atypical for a Josh Boyer defense. Nick Needham, uh, star slot corner for the Dolphins, tore his Achilles, he's out for the year, but he was also an undrafted free agent signing uh, that Josh Boyer uh, molded into the the player that he is now. So uh, we we expect big things for Kohu when he comes back. Uh, he I write each week on the Fin Sider. I write an article where I give my my MVP, my most valuable Fin, P H I N. And uh, week one, it was the undrafted rookie Cater Kohu, which is is kind of wild to say, making his NFL debut, not being drafted at all, signing after the draft was over. Uh, so we expect big things out of him. He has missed a couple games here in a row, but it looks like he'll return against the Lions this week. All right. And with that, let's move to our prediction segment, which is the what we call the one thing we think we know. Uh, where we just make a prediction about the game. Doesn't have to be who wins, doesn't have to be the score, just one facet of the game that you feel certain about. Um, sometimes we we like to make bold predictions here just because we like to make it fun here. I have no idea what you guys predicted last week, Ryan, so I'm not even going to reference it. So let's just, you lead the way here, show Merrick how it's done. What's the one thing you think you know about Lions-Dolphins? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't even remember my prediction. It was probably bad, just like the game. Um, <laughs> so the one thing I think I know and real quick, I know I said Raekwon McMillan. I totally, <laughs> I was like Raekwon Davis, Raekwon McMillan. Raekwon McMillan now actually plays for the New England Patriots. But anyways, um, the the one thing that I think I know about Dolphins-Lions is that the Lions run defense is going to take the next step. And I think that it showed promise last week. And I think that it takes a more than a baby step. Like I'm going to say that the Lions hold the Dolphins to under 4.0 yards per carry. That'd be a pretty I, I, I feel like that, I feel like that'd be a pretty big step for these guys. So Jeff Okuda with 20 tackles this week. We need at least 20, <laughs> Jeff. Can you, can you give us 20 tackles? <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw it to you next, Merrick. What's the one thing you think you know about Lions-Dolphins? The one thing I know about the Dolphins visiting the Lions uh, this week, besides the fact that I'll be in attendance because Detroit isn't too far from Iowa. Nice. So I'm going to make the drive for this game. Finally get to watch my Dolphins live this season. Nice. My prediction is that either Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle will catch at least one 45 plus yard touchdown due to the injuries uh, to that Lions safety group, and also due to the fact that the, the the Lions do like to spend a lot of time in that single high safety look, um, and that's just not how you want to defend receivers like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So they will catch a 45-yard touchdown against the Lions. However, if the Lions do adjust and do go to that, that too high safety, and they like to run that a fair amount as well, uh, I I did a little research for this, spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, with the Lions being, you know, one of the poorer tackling teams in the NFL, maybe that 45-yard touchdown will not come in the bomb variety. Maybe it'll come from uh, maybe a, a little 15-yard in, and then Jalen makes a couple people miss, and he takes it to the house. So that's my prediction for this week. 
Makes sense. Uh, I'm I'm going to go on the Lions optimistic side too. I'm I'm going to continue the streak of optimism that I'm trying to just drag everyone along with me. Uh, the one thing I think I know is that Josh Reynolds will have over 100 yards in this game. Um, I feel like he's feeling a lot healthier than he was last week. I think last week he had what one catch. I don't think he was feeling his best. He's already back at practice uh, this Tuesday or this Thursday. Um, and with Amon Ra out there, maybe drawing some attention, whether whether it is Xavier Howard following him wherever he goes or whatever, Josh Reynolds is going to have some opportunities. Maybe Jared Goff is finally going to feel some of the pressure of everyone saying, hey, what happened to the long ball? You The longest air yard completion you have is 26 yards. Let's connect on something finally. Uh, and maybe that guy's Khalif Raymond. He's the more speedy option, but uh, I'm going to say Josh Reynolds, 100 yards this game. Take it to the bank. I don't think anybody would be complaining about a 100-yard game from Josh Reynolds. Not at all. Certain, I mean, maybe Dolphins fans, but no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and with that, uh, I, I want to give uh, the uh, the the mic back to you, Merrick, and, and let you kind of promote um, where where people can find you uh, or, or what you do or, or any, anything that maybe Lions fans are interested in or wrestling fans might be interested in. So, uh, so yeah, take the floor. <laughs> sure, here. sure. Yeah, well, uh, I am the uh, head coach at the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy here in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, I run that uh, along with very... Uh, notorious Bears fan uh, Seth Rollins of the WWE of WWE fame. Uh, so if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're at Black and Brave on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, Black and Brave Wrestling on Instagram. If you want to follow me, M Brave Thirteen, uh, I bet you can't guess what the Thirteen's for <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can find my work writing about the Miami Dolphins. If you want to convert to be a Dolphins fan uh, after this game, you can find me at the Finsider, P-H-I-N-S-I-D-E-R.com. All right, Merrick. Well, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, great stuff as always. Uh, and yeah, uh, we love our, our buddies over at uh, the Finsiders. Uh, all but this week, I would say. I, I, th- <laughs> I think the Dolphins are a fun team. And and I, like I said, I, I know there are some Tua fans that uh that probably still follow his his career but uh thanks for you uh thanks ryan as always for being the co-host here and thank you all for listening uh we'll be back post game uh right here on twitch.tv slash pride of detroit and don't forget movember is coming up so save some money up we're going to be raising a ton of money for charity and doing a lot of fun things over on our twitch channel but until then thank you all we'll see you guys on sunday it's chaos be kind <laughs>